0: Chapter 5 part 1 of Bacteria in Daily Life by Grace Coleridge Frankland This LibriVox recording is in the public domain Milk dangers and remedies It may with justice be said that in no department of applied bacteriology is more activity apparent than in that which has for its object the building up of a scientific basis for dairy practice Although this is undoubtedly true yet unfortunately unlike its continental neighbors the British public with whom practically rests the control of our dairy industries has hitherto held itself strangely aloof evincing little or no sympathy in researches which even if they fail to interest should surely impress with a sense of great hygienic importance attaching to them but this apathy is not only to be deprecated in the interests of health but also on economic grounds we have only to turn to the reports issued by the board of agriculture to realize what this characteristic British apathy has brought about in the dairy industry of this country. Thus, in the year 1898, we were officially informed that we imported 359,425,136 pounds of butter, the little country of Denmark alone, sending over to us 163,883,360 pounds. Our cheese imports reached the enormous total of 262 million eighteen thousand six hundred and twenty four pounds whilst eight hundred and seventeen thousand two hundred and seventy four hundred weights of condensed milk and ten thousand six hundred and ninety one of milk and cream were supplied to us from without if we glance at the energy and enthusiasm displayed by other countries and notably denmark in the prosecution and scientific development of the dairy industry we shall not wonder at the high standard of excellence achieved or at the readiness displayed by great britain to absorb their produce Thus, whilst in England it may be questioned whether in a single dairy the artificial souring of cream by pure cultures of bacteria is carried out, in Denmark the use of so-called special bacterial butter starters is rapidly gaining ground. Thus, whereas in 1888 at the Odense exhibition not a single sample of butter was exhibited, in which pure bacterial cultures had been employed, in 1894 46.7% of the samples shown were thus produced, in 1896 89.2%, in 1897, 94.4%, 1898, 95.9%, and in 1899, every sample. And since this year, nearly every dairy of importance in the country employs special bacterial butter starters. The Danes are enlightened and shrewd enough to realize that in order to retain their existing markets and acquire fresh ones, it is necessary to take advantage of every improvement in methods of manufacture which scientific research has placed at their disposal and their reward is justly reaped in the prosperity of their dairy industry and the high reputation enjoyed by their produce if we contrast the adaptability and elasticity of the continental mind in regard to new discoveries with the crude conservatism of the british manufacturer then indeed is the success of our rivals and corresponding decline of our own prosperity most perfectly intelligible Again we are informed that the recent visit to London of a deputation representing Russian agricultural interest is already bearing fruit and contracts have been signed for the regular importation of large quantities of Russian dairy produce. The English market is already well supplied with Russian eggs, but an opening has now been found here for the disposal of Russian butter and cheese. Finland again, the total population of which is less than half that of London, exports to this country no less than 12 million marks worth of butter annually. As a writer recently put it, quote, foreigners and colonists have captured our butter markets. If the consumption of milk sterilized in bottles becomes the fashion, they will likewise capture our milk markets, And this is no fanciful suggestion, for whilst the production of pasteurized milk does not involve any considerable outlay in apparatus, its transport may be effected with the greatest ease. Indeed, frozen milk has been introduced into England from Norway and Sweden. It is first pasteurized, then frozen in large wooden boxes, and shipped in the congealed condition, in which state it remains unchanged for a long period of time. But it is undoubtedly with the public that the responsibility really rests, for as long as it does not care to create the demand for pasteurized dairy products, all the efforts of enlightened agricultural authorities in this country must inevitably end in failure on the continent and in america dairy bacteriology as already pointed out has made enormous strides and has practically revolutionized the conduct of dairy work and if we could but rouse ourselves from our lethargy we likewise should be able not only to boast of progress but also to better hold our own ground in this important branch of agriculture and one result would be that dairy troubles which for so long have been accepted as more or less necessary evils would yield here as they have done elsewhere to a more rigid attention to details, the significance of which scientific research has so successfully shown. Some of the most easily preventable, but at the same time most aggressively assertive, dairy problems are undoubtedly directly dependent upon the conduct of milking operations. In the first place, the cow itself is only too frequently in an uncleanly condition, and as its coat offers exceptional facilities for the harbouring of dust and dirt, The danger of foreign particles falling into the milk is always present, unless precautions are taken to negative, or at least minimize, all such chances of contamination. Professor H. L. Russell of the Wisconsin Agricultural Experiment Station cites in his little volume on dairy bacteriology an instructive experiment which brings home very forcibly the importance of such precautions. A cow pastured in a meadow was selected for the experiment, and the milking was done out-of-doors, so as to eliminate as far as possible any intrusion of disturbing foreign factors into the experiment such as the access of microbes from the air in the milking shed the cow was first partially milked without any precautions whatever being taken and during the process a small glass dish containing a layer of sterile nutrient gelatin was exposed for 1 minute beneath the animal's body in close proximity to the milk pail the milking was then interrupted and before being resumed, the udder, flank, and legs of the animal were thoroughly cleansed with water. A second gelatin surface was then exposed in the same place for the same length of time. The results of these two experiments are very instructive. When the cow was milked without any special precautions being taken, 3,250 bacteria were deposited per minute on an area equal to the surface of a 10-inch milk pail. After, however, the animal had been cleansed, Only 115 bacteria were deposited per minute on the same area. Thus a large number of organisms can, by very simple precautions and very little extra trouble, be effectually prevented from obtaining access to milk. Even in the event of the milk being subsequently pasteurized, clean milking is of very great importance. But still more imperative is it when it is destined for consumption in its raw, uncooked condition. If we consider how cows become covered with dirt and slime, that obstinately adhere to them when they wade through stagnant ponds and mud, and realize the chance less afforded for malevolent microbes to exchange their unsavory surroundings for so satisfactory and nourishing a material as milk, then indeed precautions of cleanliness, however troublesome, will not appear superfluous. That a very real relationship does exist between bacterial and dirt contents of milk has been clearly shown by actual investigation. A German scientist has made a special study of the subject, and has determined in a large number of milk samples the amount of foreign impurities present per liter and the accompanying bacterial population per cubic centimeter. The following results may be taken as typical of those obtained. In milk containing 36.8 milligrams of dirt per quart, as many as 12,897,600 bacteria were present per cubic centimeter. In cleaner samples, with 20.7 milligrams of dirt per quart, the number of bacteria fell to 7,079,820. Whilst in a still more satisfactory sample, containing 5.2 mg of dirt per quart, there were 3,338,775 bacteria per cubic centimeter. Such results indicate how important a factor is scrupulous cleanliness in milking operations in determining the initial purity of milk, for there is no doubt that bacterial impurities in milk are in the first instance to a very great extent controlled by the solid impurities present i do not know of any determinations which have been made of the actual amount of solid impurities present in our public milk supplies but such estimations have been made in many of those belonging to large cities in germany thus professor rank found in a liter of milk supplies to halle about 75 milligrams whilst in another sample as much as 0.362 grams per liter were detected in Berlin, ten milligrams, and in Munich, nine milligrams per liter were found. Dr. Bacchus has estimated that the city of Berlin alone consumes daily with its milk no less than three hundred hundredweight of cow dung. If we associate these amounts of solid impurities with their consequent bacterial impurities, then we shall obtain some idea of what the microbial population of these milk supplies may amount to. These impurities are almost wholly preventable, but unfortunately, but little importance is apparently attached to their presence in milk as a rule by dairymen in a letter published in the sussex daily news a correspondent and well-known authority on dairy matters sounds a timely note of warning to our dairy managers i happen to know he writes for a fact that americans who visited one of our dairy shows at islington were so disgusted at the method or rather lack of cleanly method exhibited there as our ordinary way of milking cows that these visitors stated that nothing would induce them to drink milk while in England. I mention this circumstance so as to bring home to the minds of English dairy farmers who may read this letter how very backward we are in this country as compared with more studious and careful foreign competitors. It is insisted upon by our foreign teachers that our cow-stalls are too short and not roomy enough, and our cow-houses badly constructed, that we do not, one, groom our cows, or, two, clean the tits nor, three, sponge their udders, bellies, and sides before milking with clean, tepid water, four, that the milkers do not tie up the cow's tail, nor clean their own hands and persons, nor, five, cover their clothes with a clean, well aired blouse during milking, that, six, they generally milk in a foul atmosphere, bacterially, tainted with the odor of dung, brewer's grains, or farmyard refuse. I am sorry to state that there is too much solid fact about the contentions which, based upon bacteriology, are given as causes of injury to quality. Cleanliness is now a matter requiring the primary attention of English dairy farmers. The study of bacteria proves that such inattention is greatly the cause of foreign butters beating ours. It follows as a natural sequence that all the cans and vessels used for dairy purposes should be absolutely beyond suspicion of contamination. Professor Russell has shown by actual experiment that, even where the vessels are in good condition and fairly well cleaned, the milk has a very different bacterial population when collected in them and in vessels sterilized by steam. Two covered cans were taken, one of which had been cleaned in the ordinary way, and the other sterilized by steam for half an hour. Previous to milking, the animal was carefully cleaned, and special precautions were taken to avoid raising dust, whilst the first milk, always rife with bacteria, was rejected. Directly after milking, Bacterial gelatin plates were respectively prepared from the milk in these two pails, with the following results. In one cubic centimeter of milk taken from the sterilized pail, there were 165 bacteria. In that taken from the ordinary pail, as many as 4,265 were found. Another experiment illustrates perhaps even more strikingly the effect of cleanly operations in milking upon the initial bacterial contents of milk. The preliminary precautionary measures were carried out by an ordinary workman and are in no sense so refined as to be beyond the reach of ordinary dairy practice Quote, the milk was received in steamed pails the udder of the animal before milking was thoroughly carded and then moistened with water so as to prevent dislodgement of dirt care was taken that the barn air was free from dust and in milking the first few streams of milk were rejected The milk from a cow treated in this way contained 330 bacteria per cubic centimeter, while that of the mixed herd taken under the usual conditions contained 15,500 in the same volume. The experiment was repeated under winter conditions, at which time the mixed milk showed 7,600 bacteria per cubic centimeter, while the carefully secured milk only had 210 in the same volume. In each of these instances, the milk secured with greater care remains sweet over 24 hours longer than the ordinary milk. Unquote. An organism which has exceptional opportunities for finding its way into cow's milk is the Bacillus coli communis, normally present in the feces of all animals. This microbe is a very undesirable adjunct to milk, and may greatly interfere with the souring process by multiplying extensively, and so producing a change in the milk which renders it impossible for the particular souring bacteria to carry on their work, resulting in their collapse and ultimate extinction. But this is not the only injurious effect that these coli bacilli can produce in milk, for there is a growing conviction that their presence is responsible for many intestinal disturbances with which young children are specially troubled. Quite recently, determinations of the bacterial contents of cow dung have been made, and it has been ascertained that a single gram freshly collected of this material may contain as many as 375 million bacteria, of which the majority were found to be the above undesirable organism, the B. coli communis. Milk may also contain bacteria characterized by their remarkable resistance to heat, which is due to their possessing what is known as the hardy spore in addition to the ordinary rod form. The numbers in which they are present in milk varies with different samples, but they may be taken as a sort of index as to the care observed in milking, for they are always present in great quantity in uncleanly collected milk. Careful studies have been made of this class of milk bacteria by Professor Flug and others, and it has been found that when added to milk upon which puppies were subsequently fed, the latter succumbed under symptoms of violent diarrhoea. The danger of even a few bacteria gaining access to milk is serious, on account of the fabulous rapidity with which they multiply when they find themselves in such congenial surroundings. Professor Frudenreich has made very exhaustive investigations to show how milk microbes may multiply in the time which elapsed between milking and the receipt of the milk by the consumer. The following example will convey some notion of what bacterial propagation under these circumstances is capable of. The sample of milk in question was found to possess on reaching the laboratory two and a half hours after milking, a little over 9,000 bacteria in a cubic centimeter. The sample was divided into three portions, which were kept at different temperatures, and after definite intervals of time they were examined. The following table shows at a glance the results obtained. Number of bacteria in about 20 drops of milk, stored at fifteen, twenty-five, and 35 degrees centigrade, respectively. After three hours, at 15 degrees, 10,000. At 25 degrees, 18,000. At 35 degrees, 30,000. After 6 hours. At 15 degrees, 25,000. At 25 degrees, 172,000. At 35 degrees, 12 million. After 9 hours. At 15 degrees, 46,000. At 25 degrees, 1 million. At 35 degrees, 35,280,000. After 24 hours at 15 degrees, 5,700,000, at 25 degrees, 577,500,000, and at 35 degrees, 50,000,000. Thus, after being kept in the laboratory for three hours, the original 9,000 bacteria had in one case doubled, and in another more than trebled themselves. It will be seen that the temperature most favorable to the multiplication of these bacteria was 25 degrees centigrade. If a sample of milk containing originally such a comparatively small number of bacteria, for a figure under 10,000 per cubic centimeter, sinks into utter insignificance when we read of samples containing 2.5 million, if such relatively bacterially pure samples may support such prodigious numbers of these Lilliputians, what the microbial population of less satisfactory samples may amount to well-nigh baffles our powers of calculation." Professor Russell writes, If we compare the bacterial flora of milk with that of sewage, a fluid that is popularly and rightly supposed to be teeming with germ life, it will almost always be observed that milk, when it is consumed, is richer in bacteria by far than the sewage of our large cities. Sedgwick, in his report to the Massachusetts Board of Health for 1890, found that the sewage of the city of Lawrence contained at the lowest 100,000 germs, whilst the maximum number was less than four million per cubic centimeter. This range in numbers is much less than is usually found in the milk supply of our large cities. American sewage, it must be noted, is usually weaker and poorer in bacterial life than that of our country, by reason of the greater amount of water with which it is diluted. Numerous researches have been carried out during the last half-dozen years to try and localize the origin of some of the principal dairy troubles, with a view to their possible extinction, or at least control. In the course of these investigations, quite a number of the bacteria found in milk have been successfully hunted down, and their offenses brought home to them. Thus, from so-called bitter milk, a bacillus has been isolated by Professor Wigman and found responsible for this particular change. Another microbe was discovered in bitter cream, whose office apparently consisted in rendering milk strongly acid and extremely bitter. Again, that objectionable condition of milk, known as slimy, ropey, or stringy, is brought about by certain bacteria, which render it viscous, whilst another crop of microbes are occupied in conferring upon it the power of sticking to everything that it touches, making it capable of being drawn out into threads from several inches to several feet in length. Although we object in this country to slimy milk, in Holland it is in special request for the production of a certain cheese, known under the name of Edom. In Norway this kind of milk forms a popular drink called Tatomjok, and to produce it artificially they put the leaves of the common butterwort, pinguicula vulgaris, into milk. Professor Weigmann has discovered a microorganism which frequents the leaves of this plant, endowed with particular powers of producing slimy milk. And doubtless, the credit of furnishing tetum yolk is really due to this microbe and not to the innocent butterwort. Soapy milk, again, has been traced to a specific germ discovered in large numbers in straw used for bedding, whilst it was also detected in the hay that served for fodder. During milking, these sources had supplied the infection, and the peculiar fermentation was distinctly shown to be microbial in origin. So-called red and blue milk, and those various hues ranging from bright lemon to orange and amber, are also now known to be directly attributable to bacterial activity. But of even greater significance than all these bacterial dairy troubles is the risk of spreading disease, which is furnished by milk Contaminated with pathogenic microorganisms. There can be no shadow of a doubt, said The Lancet now many years ago, that the contagia of typhoid and scarlet fever are disseminated by milk, and that boiled milk enjoys a much greater immunity from the chance of conveying disease. This was written at a time when the study of bacteria was yet in its infancy, and before any direct experimental evidence had been obtained on the behavior of microbes in milk or concerning the part played by them in the dissemination of disease. The writer evidently did not venture to cast further aspersions on the character of milk, or he might have included diphtheria amongst the diseases which can be spread by its means. But there is another omission which still more conclusively indicates the remote age in the history of bacterial science at which this correspondent to the Lancet wrote, and that is the absence of all reference to the tubercle bacillus in relation to milk. At the present day hardly a bacteriological journal is published which does not contain some reference to the question of tuberculosis and milk, and the transmissibility of this disease when present in cattle to man. End of chapter 5, part 1